the market, I am screaming to market, look, we are doing something that is awesome. Come and buy it. Because I believe in what we are doing. <laughs> I have to be very honest with you, Niall. But, but there is where you, you find your entrepreneur spirit. We wanted to test us out. Mm -hmm. that, that was the plan. No worries, because sometimes I, I, I go passionate and <laughs> passion mode. You go full Argentina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just to tell you about this podcast, Mariana, it's about people in the community of Queenstown. Um, and it's supposed to be an inspirational podcast. Okay. Um, so I'd like to get people like you who are successful in business or anything just to share your stories, um, your experience here in Queenstown. Um, and yeah, for the listeners who don't know, you're from Argentina. Um, and I'd like to go back, start with Argentina. And maybe a good place to start is the game we watched this morning in the World Cup Argentina versus Netherlands. I see the passion of the people. The football is just such an amazing thing in Argentina. Can you speak a little bit about how it is for you? And uh, yeah, well, it, it's for us. Is I think it's like similar to what is rugby for for New Zealanders. Football is our first national sport, and our culture is is, is a, a culture of passion. We, we Argentina is, is made of people who came in the Second World War from countries like Spain, Italy, and those are passionate countries. So we inherited that. Yeah. And sometimes it's like put so much passion in something and, and, you know, it's like different cultures around the world. Some people say, okay, it's just a game and five minutes after the game, everything is okay for them. For us, it's, 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 <laughs> like, it's a, a lot. But yeah, we have to learn and we have to, to put that uh, at what it is. It's just a game. Fortunately, we won today, but those two or three hours were like really nerve-wracking. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching with our friends, um, my partner, and she's from Argentina, and, and so was our other friend. She couldn't watch. She had to walk outside. It yeah. was too much for her. Yeah, I was about to, to leave and the penalties. I yeah. said, I, I really can't deal with this. It's, it's not yeah. healthy for me. But I think in the game, um, Argentina were winning 2-0 at one stage. And towards the end... It was getting very passionate. There was lots of fouls. Yeah. What I think let the Netherlands back in was the guy was overpassionate instead of being intelligent and he fouled somebody and they got a chance. So it can be a benefit and it can also be a bad thing that holds you back sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's exactly what you said. The match was going really well 2-0, 2-1. And then the passion became into violence and then the violence became into... It makes it so exciting to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I, I think it's it's, a, it's good to watch, but you have to be there. It's like too much for the, for the players. I think. Yeah, stuff like, for the heart. Football is like that. <laughs> yeah, you're from Argentina, and I wonder when you started thinking about New Zealand. How it all happened? Take us back. Well, I started to travel. I went to Australia four or five years ago. My my sister was living there, and I came to New Zealand just for ten days. I came to Queenstown to visit some friends. Honestly, I wasn't planning to, to relocate. I was uh, working in Argentina in, in my own company. I started the company when I was 24 years old. And I was working really well there. And, and my wife is a dentist and she had her own dental practice. And we had two young girls. But when we arrived here, it was completely out of the blue. We just, we saw a new country or Queensland is very vibrant. You see, you find people of everywhere and the energy that we felt here in, in those few couple of weeks was like, my wife spent some time in New Zealand before we met, like mm -hmm. 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, and she also spoke to me about New Zealand and the experience she, she did here. She was three or four months. But, but I, I personally felt it was good to give it a try. Like six months after we visited uh, New Zealand together, we were having dinner at home. I remember it very clear. Why don't we just <laughs> go and try? We, yeah. I was 38 years old. She was like 40. We said, we are young. We have the energy. It's like a beautiful plan. 
we have mm. two young daughters. We, we can give them the possibility to learn a different language. We all can learn a, a new culture. So we wanted to test us out. Mm. That, that was the plan. We didn't know what to do here. I, I wasn't planning to start a modular building business here at that time. I did that in Argentina. I, I am aware that it's very difficult to start your own business and to build houses that you need to do a lot of stuff until the house is finished, from the design to the materials, engage the people. It's like many decisions to make. And, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to, to do that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I did in Argentina, I was working for 15 years. With, I did a lot there and I, and I was very happy with that. So I said, let me see. I, I can run a food truck or whatever. Uh, yeah. Just just go light. I, I want it to come light. Yeah. With no pressure. So I spoke to immigration New Zealand and I said, look, I have a, a couple of houses here in Argentina that I can send them in a, in a ship and I, and I can use them to Airbnb. I will partner with someone who has land there So until I, I find something to do. Yeah. Basically, I said that. And they replied to me, not at all. Uh, <laughs> there's no visa for you if you want to do that. <laughs> but however, if you want to come and build uh, modular houses that would be potentially very welcome uh-huh. so I, I I booked a meeting with them to catch up in person because for me this is very important uh, I have a family uh, when, when I make a, a big decision I want to make sure that I did my best to, to accomplish the mission I came to New Zealand alone by myself that was like just a year after we, we came to uh, Australia and I did the market research in the meantime I, I joined a prefabrication association it was called Prefab and Set. And, and I started to connect with people. So I came here. I went to Auckland, Christchurch, Wellington, Queenstown, connecting with people. And, and in the very last day of my trip, I went to immigration. And, and, and I brought them two big folders. One with my background in Argentina and one with the market research I did yeah. along those days. Your business here. plan. Yes, yeah. correct. And they said to me, get ready for, for the adventure because in four weeks, you have the visa. Wow. I said, wow. <laughs> uh, so I came to my country, I said to my wife, look, we have to move right now. <laughs> and then I said, no, no, no. We, we should need to, to get ready for this. We need to prepare. We need to sell our businesses. We were living in a house full of furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had two young kids at school that they didn't understand what was happening. So I asked them six months and they said to me, okay, you have, because my visa is like, you have a business plan in place to comply with. So since you have the visa, your clock starts to run. So what I said to immigration is, allow me six more months until I arrive to the country. Because if I burn six months of my plan living in Argentina, I, I will lose opportunities to, to accomplish the plan. Yeah. So they said, yeah, no problem. And I arrived here just in March 4th, 2020, just two weeks before lockdown. <laughs> uh, I was really lucky and, and unaware of what's about to happen. So it was like a, a wild journey <laughs> so far. Yeah, the timing is crazy. Well, at that time, New Zealand was probably the best place in the world to be. Definitely. Because we, yeah. we were COVID-free. Yeah. Oh, not at that. No, we got no, a little no. bit at the start, and then they completely eradicated it. It was COVID-free. The, the, country, the, the government dealt really well with that. Yeah. At least the first year was was incredible. The whole world was on fire, mm-hmm. uh, and at least we were able to work. Uh, we were COVID-free. Yeah. I, I think it was very well managed. I think that's something I talk to lots of Kiwis about and the Kiwis just don't seem to understand. Like us migrants can see you saw how it was in Argentina. I saw how it was in Ireland and in Europe um, from talking to my family. So we felt we we're very lucky to be here. But I feel like within New Zealand, there's a lot of people complaining about how the government dealt with the situation, which is natural. I mean, it's totally natural. It happens everywhere. But I just feel uh, for us migrants, we were talking to our families at home. I know in Argentina, they had like a 100 days straight of lockdown things in Italy where bodies were piling up on the streets. Uh, no, my mum, uh, one of her friends was buried and she couldn't attend the funeral. So I just think we had a different perspective and really felt very lucky to be living in a place where it didn't have much effect on our lives, our day-to-day lives. We were still able to work, getting out and about. Even during lockdown, we were still able to go out and go for walks, etc. Just think that gave us a slightly different perspective. Uh, no, I was, was, at least we all we felt very safe and even even when it was challenging and, and Queenstown suffered a lot because uh, it's dependence on, on tourism mm-hmm. and hospitality. People were, I remember, very scared about the future in our industry. Everybody was saying, now hospitality has a lot of people redundant, but then it will, it will happen with the, with the builders that they are finishing the projects, that there's no new, new projects. 
Yeah. And, and that's where the, the country reduced the interest rate. And we saw a busiest as never, maybe. It was like credible. Everybody was buying houses and, and builders became the, the most important people in, in, in the community. It yeah. shows how you can't predict what's going to happen. You can't predict, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, you can't. N- yeah. Nobody was saying that in the news and there was about to be like 8,000 builders or that, that, and I said, never happened. I, I had to engage people to build my very first house, but that by that time, that was uh, March, April last year, and I couldn't find people at all. Yeah, uh, that was so. the biggest struggle. It was getting staff and getting tradesmen because everybody was so busy. Yeah, correct. But yeah, yeah that's that's uh, what happened, and we, we've been living three crazy years everywhere, and every country suffered uh, the COVID in some or, or other way. So well, when that happens, I try to get away of that and say, okay, this is what it is. We have to do our best. If two months ago we were planning to build, let's say, 10 houses per year, and now we see that that changed into five, assume that, keep going. And yeah, that's reality. And you, you can't control everything. You just need to, to control what you can. That's something I noticed when I first met you, Mariano. Your attitude is keep looking forward. You're determined to achieve your goal. You can't control these things that are happening around you. You can only control what you do. And I think that's what's pushed you forward. And that's why I believe you're going to be a great success. I know you're partway through your journey and you have a lot more you want to achieve. And I really believe you're going to achieve it. Where do you think you got that characteristic from? Thank you for that. Uh, I, I was always a positive person mm-hmm. uh, that's part of, of me when, when everything is wrong I, I try to find at least the five percent that is not wrong uh, and try to go from there and i am self-confident in in a way that i've been working very hard always because i i, I really like my my work and, and i had the luck to start my own company at at a young stage. So when you start being young, you have to pay for the lack of experience that you have because mm-hmm. I didn't have any experience. But you have the other 50% that is, okay, I am young. I can energy. I can make a mistake and, and make it up and start again. And with that energy and attitude, you can overcome everything because it's like, at the end of the day, we are all working, doing our best. If you don't enjoy that, it's like you're losing valuable time of your own life because you spend a lot of time there working. Yeah, when when you try to make it simple, it's like you, you find answers. Even, even when you think that everything is difficult, that, that the world is living a pandemic, you are a new in the country. In, in my case, I had the, the budget to start my business, but it wasn't that I came here with, with millions. I, I had some budget to, to live Mm-hmm. and, and to, to start my own company. So everything was super tight, but it's okay. With that, we need to do something. So when you understand that, then you go. And, and things happen. Just like that. I was just thinking back to when you made the decision to come here and it started to all come together and emigration said, yes, you can come. It all happened very fast. But for you, you really took a bet on yourself. Everything you had, this was put into this project, you know, everything. You had worked for in your life. You said, right, I'm leaving that behind. I'm going for this. And I imagine you must have felt a lot of pressure that I have to make this work. Yes. Is that true? Yes, uh, that's correct. And that defines me in 100%. (laughs) I go always in one direction. I could have a a deal with with my previous company saying, okay, I will keep on uh, being part of this company for some time, just in case. Well, the just in case is not part of me. I said to my wife, and my wife is the same with we made a, a big decision, but when you are confident and have the, the energy, and it's the only way. Because if you go 50-50, then you lose yeah. energy. You, you You're only going focus. 50% forward. Yeah, correct. Instead of 100%. And I see there a bigger risk. Some people say, mm-hmm. no, no, I don't want to risk that. I, I still have my, my house in Argentina yeah. or, my, or my company. or No, because you are living a life that is away for. If I was planning to live six, six months in each country, that, that, that's okay. But I was yeah. trying to live permanently here. So I needed to understand from the very beginning that this was going to be uh, my my place from now on. And things were well. And I think that that's because of that. Because when people understand that you are here, they, they, they want to help, you find support, mm-hmm. and, and and you connect much better with the community because you yeah. start to read the news, you start to speak the language, you start to, to get into the community and, and to discuss with people that you just met about your project. And, and, and the other day, you, you read him and say, well, we were talking about yesterday, would you like to catch up? And would you like to come and visit a manufacturing premises so, so you can learn about our project? You need to be 100% focused because it's the only way 
that you can achieve. Thompson. Call that a leap of faith. My dad taught me a story one time. My dad is uh, loves mountains. He's a mountaineer. Awesome. And he, he was telling me about um, in France, he was climbing in Mont Blanc. Yes. And they come across this part where there's a massive crack. It's quite a jump, you know. They've got to make it to the other side. If they don't give it 100%, they fall and die. So if you've got any doubt, even 10%, don't you won't make it. So it's a leap of faith. You don't know you're going to make it, but you just have to go for it. Yeah. And that's like what you've done. Yeah. Well, I, I am passionate about mountaineering. I, I, I am not by, by myself, but I always watch about that. And, and, and you find in those people, those characters that, that defines them, that they, they are mm-hmm. very self-confident and very cold in some way because they know that there is... Dangerous. Yeah, they are in the, in the death zone. Well, yeah. we've been... We, my family and us we, uh, and I would be would be uh, in the in the death zone for for the last three years. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but it's okay. But but that's sometimes when you feel most alive. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. And that's what gives you energy, I think. Absolutely. And it's funny because how to explain? You must have lived this uh, when you arrived to to Queenston. I think Queenston is is perfect for for people doing what what I am doing or what you are doing, but. Winston is just 50%. Then the other 50% is, is you. You have to have the attitude, the passion, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and to let it go. To yeah. jump into the pool and say, I think it's full of water, but I'm not 100% sure. So <laughs> uh, let's jump and, and see what happens. And that's what makes yeah. this community something super interesting. Yeah, that's something I'm really interested in. And I'd like to get people speaking about it on the podcast because my story, slightly different to yours, like I was not, I did not come here with a focus on trying to make a business work. I was just floating through life, you know, traveling, enjoying. And I feel Queenstown helped shape me into what I am today. I'm very driven today and I have goals I want to achieve. But I think that was by the community around me. And I just see this place as lots of successful people, lots of people with their own businesses, people going for it. Yes. Um, and it's very inspiring to see that. And that's why, that's why I have people like you on the podcast. I just want to share that self-belief with people and show someone like me back then someone in that position here's an example you can do it you can follow this yeah, is how absolutely. You do it. yeah absolutely uh, when i when i meet people from my community or from any community i encourage them to to take risks it's like you are young you have two arms two legs a brain yeah go ahead take the risk it's gonna be okay just do it write some notes have it when you talk about the business plan it sounds like very professional. Some people say, no, this is not me because I didn't go to the university or I am not a financial. Just take some notes in a sheet of paper, uh, put some of your knowledge, background, passion, dream, feelings, and go for that. Yeah. It might take one year, it might take five, it might take ten, but as long as you keep it uh, straight, uh, you put your energy there yeah. and, and your passion, it will be okay. I think sometimes that people who have had their own business understand this, what you just explained. People who have been working for a company all their life sometimes don't see that you have a possibility or don't understand that your future is your choice. Yes. You can choose what you want to do. Yes. And that's that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. And, I, and yeah, it's great to share with people that you can do that. You choose. Decide, like you said, write it down, make a plan yes. and follow it. Absolutely. It's doable. It's absolutely doable. And here it's easier than in other countries because being New Zealand a, a small country, it's very easy to connect with people who are really successful you might not have a, a business with them but you can at least make an inquiry ask them what do they think about your plan i i found that really useful and since i arrived here i met amazing people and maybe you are having a coffee with someone who has two thousand employees around the world and you you, you feel like natural yeah. discussing with him and saying what do you think about that in other countries you have a lot of people and a lot of bureaucracy it's difficult to reach those people here it's like more natural yeah. I'm it's amazingly natural because there's a lot of great entrepreneurs here and doing business here. So I, I use that as much as I can. I, I try to connect and put my ideas under the test and, and discuss and, and learn from there. I've been performing or, or, or enhancing my, my business idea or, or the way I try to do things in my business as long as I was connecting with a successful business. That's true. Um, Queenstown is a very unique place where there's a sort of ecosystem of the extremely wealthy coexisting, living with people like backpackers who don't have very little resources and they're working together and the, the town needs one side just as much as each other and everybody's a little bit connected. It makes certain people very reachable whereas in other countries there might be a class system 
Yeah. Where you, these you, people are a different class and you don't mix with these people. Yeah, they, they live in a, in, a, in a closed environment that yeah. they, they don't have any access. All, it's not only because of Winston being, in my opinion, a, a place, like normally some, some people say they play around for millionaires, uh, because there's a lot of people like, here in your, their helicopters and doing uh, yeah. uh, extreme sports. And New Zealanders are open in general. Yeah. Even if you, it's not the, the great business, but everybody can can tell you and support you. Met, for example, the, my neighbor and my landlords who are people from New Zealand. They give me great ideas about business. They give you, for example, I don't know, my, my, my landlord is from Timaru. And he's telling me, every time you go to Timaru, you will sleep at home. Uh, and, and those things that, they don't happen in Argentina. Say, so want to go there? Yeah, there's a hotel around the corner. We will see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Yeah. So in New Zealand, you can connect in a different way. So that, that's why what, what I like from this community. People is warm. There's lots of comparisons made, you know, I'm around the Latin community and there's a preconception that Europeans or even New Zealanders are very cold. And that's in our body language, you know, we shake hands instead of hug and kiss on the cheek and things like that. But I think it's the warmth is uh, shared in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. After spending some time here observing people, you, you begin to understand that. It's a very yeah. welcoming country. Yeah, I, I feel that a lot. Yeah, I was in other countries before here, and I didn't feel that so much. I felt people, the Irish people were in an Irish community. The New Zealand people are in their community. The Australians were in their community. But here, that wasn't an issue. Everybody was welcome. I just felt I was given the same opportunities as anybody else here. Me too. And it's good. You feel welcome. You feel part of the team, part of the community. It's because the community needs people. And, and you yeah. feel like an important person since the beginning. Because there's a need of people at every level. And no matter what, if you are a cleaner or, or you work in a, in a restaurant or, or in a bank or you are a businessman, New Zealand needs people everywhere. So we feel important. And when someone makes you feel important, you, you give your best. And there is where the, the community makes its win. Because yeah. you, you achieve the best of everyone who, who comes here. And that's what makes this a, a great place to live. Yeah, it's definitely true. Um, yeah, just before, uh, Mariano, you spoke about you'd advise anybody, just go for it, do it, take a chance on yourself. That's very easy to say that, but people also should be aware of the difficulties, the obstacles. You've, it'll take a lot of hard work. Can you give us some examples of the difficult times you've had in trying to get your business going and some of the obstacles you faced and overcome and how you did that? Well, I, I deal with that every day because <laughs> not everything is perfect. If there's not a problem with the shortage of material, it's a problem labels or, or the design or, or the client or the budget or the cash flow so yeah the road is not like a, a road of roses that everything is perfect yeah. you, you need to understand that decide to go in business but what i try to communicate when, when someone asks is like you try to be focused in my case i am very organized with my to-do lists and, and, I, and I take notes of everything I need to do in the next two or three months. And some things are 100% doable, some are 50%, and, and some not easy to, to achieve. But you still need to write that down. When I, when I arrived here, my, my, wall, my goal was to build a, a show home, which was my, my first house here. And I was planning to spend, I don't remember, it was something like $100,000. And, and then I had to then material shortage, inflation. It took me double the time that, that I originally expected and I've been working in the same industry for 15 years so I had the experience but even though everything was completely uh, harder than what I imagined but, but there is where you, you find your entrepreneur spirit you always need to have this 5% of luck and, mm -hmm. and self-confident uh, but, but the rest needs to be under control written and I find in people the, the most important asset that any company can, can have even more here that as we, we said discussed there is no enough staff you need to form the right team to to be able to to deliver mm -hmm. so yeah the, the beginnings are, are not easy you, you need to know that the first two or three years are going to be tough and you will need to postpone some of other plans that you had apart from business uh, when i arrived here everybody invited me to go skiing, mountain biking, to climb mountains. Yeah, because the place applies very well for that. Yeah. And I used to do all that in my in my former country with, with no hassle. I used to go biking every Saturday, running, yeah. playing soccer, 
a play a, a meeting with my friends, my family. Well, for a couple of years, I didn't do anything of that. You have to make <laughs> more, more than a couple of walks just to release the brain and, and, and to calm down. Yeah, you need to sacrifice. And that's part of the yeah. journey. It's not always as easy or funny as you imagine. But it doesn't make sense. When I, I normally compare that to a, to a newborn baby. The sensation of having a, a baby is the best thing you can live in the world, in life. But it's still something that... You, you are nervous because the baby is so small and so there are a lot of risks around yeah. that. The first year is terrible. You go to the doctor like once in a month and then the second year is like, yeah, he has some falls or she has some falls, but she's okay. And, and with the company, it's the same. The first year is very, very, it's like crystal yeah. cup. You have to be very careful. Whatever you do in life, you pay for it in some way. Yeah. You pay a certain price. Yeah. And if you pay $5 for something, you get something worth five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and if you pay a hundred dollars for something, you get something. Worth. Yeah. And that's the same. So you you're paying with sacrifices, not going skiing with your friends. Yeah. Um, stress, working long hours at times. Yeah. But your reward is also equally big. Yeah. 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 Correct. That's correct. It's a trade-off. Yes. Everything is. Yeah. That's something you need to understand. Yeah. So, Mariano, when I met you first, yes, you come and you spoke to me about your business proposal, what you wanted to do um, with Modulo, plans you had. At this stage, it was mostly in your mind. Uh, nothing had really materialized yet. You didn't actually have architect full plans, but you explained what you were going to do. And I don't know why, but instantly I believed in what you were doing. Could you explain to our listeners what Modulo is, what you're trying to achieve, what the business model is and convince them in the same way you convinced me. Awesome. Well, Modulo is a modular building business. Uh, we build houses under a roof, basically. We, we have our own construction site. It's located in, in Cromwell and, and we have space there to build around 10 houses per year. So we are a small company. The idea is to build compact houses to go small uh, New Zealand is popular for its own big houses that maybe are double the size that you really need. So so there's a culture here, and I think in many countries, of building big houses. But but this is changing. The the ethos of our our business, the, the core values, are in convincing the market that that they will have to pay a little more per square meter. But but the trade-off is that they will live in in a much more well-designed and energy-efficient house than if they did with the same money a big house. So the idea is to to build as much houses as we can, but always complying with we have three core values that I repeat them almost every day. In every decision we make, those values are there. So one is that the houses needs to be well designed. For that, you need the services of an architect. A builder is not an architect. Project manager is not a builder. So you need different players to make a good team. So the architect is important. New Zealand is sometimes, the market here is reluctant to architectural design. Not always, of course, and even less in Queenstown. But at the national level, I, I heard this many times that architects are just for people who have a lot of money or just for commercial buildings. But if you want to build a house, you go, you engage a builder who, who then engages a draftman to make the plans and, and you go there from what is in your mind. So you say, I live here, I know what I need, I don't need an architect. Well, our proposal is different. I say, I, I not only need one architect, but I need a lot. So I engaged different architects to design small houses that can be built in a modular way. I always say this to explain that we don't want to be like a manufacturer line that builds every house in the same way. We can build almost any project in a modular way. Uh, so no matter what, if the house is 200 square meters big, 150, 50, with a pitch roof, with a flat roof, with more or less windows, we ask the architect to, to design the best design that something that comes from the, the design line and, and, and what they are. And, and we try to make emphasis in, in that. It's, I'm not happy if I had to build 10 houses that are exactly the same because it might feel that it's easier to build them. Because, yeah, it will probably be easier, but then your market will be like restricted and people will think that you only build boxes. So that, that's, that's the very first value. 
The second is energy efficiency. We are aligned with the New Zealand Green Building Council, so make the decision from the very beginning that every house we build must comply with the Homestar rating, which is good. It's not the, the most energy efficient uh, rating you can have. For that, you, you need to build only passive houses. If you go there, you uh, you go maybe too much to the extreme because most of, most of the people maybe is not ready to pay for that. So I think Homestar is, is something very good. You don't need to do... Homestar is a rating system. Yeah. It's a rating system that you have from six on. For example, you, you need to have some levels of insulation. If you have a lot of windows, then your windows must comply with some standards, such as low glassing, glazing, and... Um, and this, so your houses are a st- six-star rating at the moment. Yeah, six, seven. And this is higher than the normal New Zealand regulations. Much higher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Much. For example, in terms of insulation, which is the classical when when you when you discuss this, there are much more aspects such as how far you are from a bus stop, or how many trees you have, or uh, which is the, the the orientation of the house, or uh, which is your footprint. Uh, now, home service is uh, measuring the, the carbon footprint, so so it's getting interesting. We have on site we. Uh, one of the module employees is a, is a homestar practitioner, so so she's learning more and more, and, and we are trying to put all that learnings in the buildings. What, what we ask the architects is that they can design everything they want, anything they want, but we need to keep the envelopes similar. Yeah. So we use the same frames, the same insulation, we, we add a, a service cavity to, to all our buildings. So uh, and normally the architects have no problem with that, because it's something that Everybody knows that it's better. And that is where we say, okay, we accept to build any design, but we keep, we keep it homestar. So for that, we decide on what the, the envelope will look like. For the rest, it's all from the other. So, and, and then the, the other value is that we, we want to include natural components as much as we can in the building. So, for example, the, 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 the cladding, natural and locally sourced, as we were discussing before this podcast started, uh, we discussed about the cedar versus the, the the new options of radiata pine thermally modified. Yeah, I think that's a great option there. There's a couple of companies, but what what is very popular here in New Zealand is Abodo. Uh, they just take the tree, the, the, the New Zealand pine that might take maybe 12, 15 years to grow, change the chemistry of the timber, and they achieve a, a high quality product, very stable. Natural, carbon, neutral, and it's not done in the same way as, um, for example, treated pine here that's used regularly in building is pumped with chemicals, which is which are toxins. It's toxic waste basically, and it doesn't just disappear. But the way Abodo do it is in a natural way. Yeah, absolutely. You, 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 when we are in the yard in winter, we use those offcuts. We we share them to to burn them, yeah. and. Because, yeah, it's, it's part of... You are using 100% of the material yeah. in some way. In terms of insulation with the wool blend, there's 50% sheep wool and 50% polyester, which is, for now, the, the best or one of the best natural industrialized options available. So we are always trying to find those materials that, that we can include that maybe they are a little bit more expensive than the average but this is something that, I don't know, I, I try to see because, of course, there are some self-belief about that. But you need to, to match that with the business opportunity because otherwise you are like more an activist kind of business. Uh, and, and I am more business than an activist. I, I do believe, of course, in that, but I, I need to, to confirm to that there's a, an opportunity yeah. there to, to achieve more yeah. markets. Well, when people talk about the activists speak, they talk a lot about sustainability. But you have to sustain a business, or else you cannot use the product. Exactly. So you have to make it work. Exactly. There are uh, amazing cases. For, uh, uh, one of them is the sneakers, the, the old birds, for example. They, they are a global company. They started in New Zealand, make sneakers with trees, with chip, the resin of. Uh, I'm not an expert, but. They do natural components yeah. in, in an industry that was always textiles, yeah. plastics, and, and nobody cared about that before. And these yeah. guys came with, and I find value there. Yeah, these people are the pioneers. They're making the changes. Yeah, yeah. And it's very difficult to make change. but And um, you're probably part of that too. You're, you're trying new products that are not the most economically efficient way, but it's the beginnings of change. When I look at you talk about your values, and the environment is something that's very important to you. That is very on trend at the moment. 
smaller homes, sustainable building, using native materials is all very on trend at the moment. Was that a conscious business decision on your part that you see this is the way the future is or is it more about your personal values? I always liked to do things that are considered nice for me. I, I don't just do anything. Uh, I, I need to feel that what I am doing is, is amazing. Even when maybe under the test and there are some judges that might say, no, this is not amazing. There are much more. That's your problem. I, if I feel that it's amazing, I, I go from there I, and I can convince people. I, I feel that I have that, that what we are doing is, is great. So that helps you to, to start from the very beginning to tell your story and people will then you need to confirm that what you are doing is amazing. And, and that's why I find the challenge. And, and as I like challenges, I say, okay, I said to these persons that what I am doing is completely different. So I, I now need to demonstrate that. And, and that's where I I feel that I I go from from there and we can enhance the product and I try to be very open in our small company but have an, an architect working with us and, and our builders and, and the architects who design we try to, to to make like a big table and and discuss around what we are doing after those discussions we we always arrive to a better place where we were before so yeah that that's, that is, is the way to be open to communicate an idea and, and to take a challenge. Say, okay, we need to do this better than our competitors or better than normal standards or, or the building code or because there is space to run a better or to offer a better product. There, yeah. there are a lot of space. When you understand that, then you start to find those challenges. Yeah, there's a debate of ideas and, and you always arrive to something. I noticed on your social media, you've got some houses delivered, one's to Colac Bay, one now to Lake Cowia, I think. Yes. And I saw another video where you're celebrating with your associates. <laughs> do those moments make you proud? What gives you satisfaction in, in what you do? Yes, uh, we, we effectively, effectively delivered four houses this year. Uh, actually, they were in the last four months. What I like the most, what I really enjoy about that is when you see the, the face of the client. Because <laughs> you, you explain that then that, that the house will be built in, in a very reduced time frame. Yeah. Uh, to achieve that, of course, you need to build them in a modular way so, so you can work every day in the same place with the same people uh, without being stopped by the weather. And you also need a, a great project management and a quality control so you, you can go from one stage to the other without any any stops. So so that is like the advantage of the of the modular build system. So so you, you communicate that to the client. But the client in general they are used to, to build in a traditional way, like ninety percent of the people don't know a lot about the modular even even more in the residential market. Maybe in the industrial market they expect to receive a house in six months yeah. or four months or five months, but, but not in the residential market. So when the houses arrive, we make sure that they are 100% finished. They are clean. They are ready to you. And, and you, you see a big module carrying on the road. The, the trucks are hydraulic trucks, so they are special trucks. I normally drive behind the truck, at least for now, that we are delivering the first projects. Because I enjoy that, and, and I want to make sure that everything is under control. And I see people taking photos and discussing around that. And, and yeah, the face of the client, when you see the house and you give them the key and they open the house and say, wow, that is awesome. <laughs> that is the, the best moment. 30 seconds of those guys saying, wow, and, and they start to touch and there's no dust and everything is perfect and yeah. that, that, that is the, what, what pays off. It's your reward. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that feeling. That's great. There's something I'm, I'm a big fan of is the whole concept of having an idea. It develops in your mind. Usually it goes onto paper first, maybe in a drawing, lots of discussions, buy the materials and eventually it's a product. I love that whole journey from in your mind, something that's just a thought and then that it goes to a physical thing. Yeah. That that process for me is really rewarding. And, and you've done the exact same thing in your business, really. Um, when I first met you, you're speaking about something you wanted to do. It doesn't exist. And now you've done it. You've made it exist. It's a thing. You've got houses there. You can show people. They can touch them. They can walk through. That's For me, that's what keeps me doing what I'm doing. So I imagine it's similar for you. I, I remember when I was at, at the uni, uh, that was that's something that happened like 20 something years ago. So, so the teacher asked to us, what would we do when we finish university? And they say, she said, would you, do, would you work in the service industry or in the manufacturing industry? So, so it's product or service. I, and I have no hesitation. I said product. 
Because, yeah, that's what you say. You want to see that in a physical way. You can't imagine that. But then I work in the construction site because I need to see the, the product built. I like that, even when there are problems. Some people will say, I don't want any relation with, with any product. I just want to buy and sell or, or do business in a different way. And yeah, it's, it's what you are. I Maybe even it's not the most profitable industry because yeah, sometimes you don't make enough money or construction is it's not easy. But it's what I like. And when you do what you like, at least you're happy. Yeah. If you, if you make more or less, then it will depend on, on how successful and how. But when you, you are in the gap of the where you use design and you, you try to do things that uh, are not very common, then then you can succeed in any industry. But the point is, do what you like, and, and I like that. I like yeah. construction, I like product, I like to touch, touch everything, timber, the, the finishings. It's like, yeah, that, that is 100% important. Yeah, and that's probably why you choose the materials that you do choose in your buildings. And I've seen, yeah, you've got, like, one of them has uh, beach floors and you've got the Abodo timber. And... Yeah, that, that, is, that normally happens. It's a discussion with the architect and, and us. But when, when you engage with, with an architect that has the same values than you, then it's much easier. Uh, the solid beach flooring was something that came with this uh, architect that uh, is called Martin Hoffman. When I, when I first went to his house, he showed me his, he has solid beach in his the interior of the house, in the roof, the paneling, the ceiling. Yeah. And he said to me, look, this comes from Southland. This is 100% natural. Yeah. And I said, yeah, let's give it a try. And it's not easy to work with that material because it can have some cracks because it's solid timber but it's not so hard so yeah it's a trade-off you, you explain to the client if the client doesn't want to or they want to have like a perfect flooring maybe you can use another floor like an engineer flooring but for some people perfection is use something that is natural yeah which we align with so uh, anything natural anything in nature will have imperfections yeah it's yeah. like me and you we have imperfections it's part of life it's part of nature it's like that when you were speaking before, I was thinking, a deep thinking that I, I'm usually doing. So the things that give you satisfaction are using those materials, seeing something come from an idea into something you can touch, uh, something real, and you talk about a trade-off. So some people are chasing the money so they can experience these things that give them satisfaction and joy. But another way of doing it is doing the things that give you satisfaction and joy and forget about the money. All you need for money is the basic needs of shelter, food, things like that. And a lot of people will waste their whole life chasing money just to try and get the things that they're missing out on because they're busy chasing the money. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, yeah, I can't yeah. For, even from a business perspective, from my opinion, if you only, if your business plan is, I want to make money, you will not succeed. But if you say, uh, I want to build, in my case, modular houses that has to be nice, energy efficient, natural built in a modular way so we can achieve savings in labor and we can deliver more houses per year. Uh, it's paramount that, that we have profit from the very beginning. That's that's another another thing. So you need the profit. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, uh, if you go 100% like a, a dreamer or an illusionist, then, then there is no a lot of, you don't have a lot of time. You need to make profit because it's part of the, the nature of any business. And then you will have opportunities to, to make money, to grow. In, in my case, my, my personal case, the money helps to, to grow the business, to win time, to explore, to take more risks. So it's, it's important, it's key, but, but it's not a key factor of when you say, I don't want to work for this company anymore, I will have my own company because I want to make money. Okay, fair enough. But, but you need to have a, a purpose to make the money. So you, you want to win a race, but before that, you, you need to have a car, you need to know what the engine of your car looks like or what you need to do to, to make the car, to have the ability to win that race. So, yeah, money is, money is there always, but, but the, the core key idea it doesn't start with the money, mm -hmm. from my perspective. Yeah, something I've struggled with uh, when I started my business, so I probably was in business for almost five full years, currently taking a break and then restarting again when I move. Always struggled with balance and not overworking. 
because I found business is all consuming. As much as I was willing to give to the business, it will take and more. So it was always me trying to learn how to balance my time between my home life and my business life. You've been in business for a long time now. Um, have you achieved that balance or is it still something you struggle with? <laughs> I have to be very honest with you, Niall. Uh, that is very difficult, at least for me, because I really like what I do. Part of my balance to work every day. Yeah. So people will say, but I don't know, it's five o'clock, it's beer time and you are still working. Yes, but this is part of my life and... As long as my family accepts that and I accept that, we have a, a way of, of living. For, for me, it's, I work every day. It's not like it's Sunday, I don't work. Or it's not, I, I do work every single day. Maybe you will find me Wednesday midday walking around the lake because that day I didn't have moral energy to do anything more than that. Because I just needed to do that. So I, I don't care about if it's Wednesday or if it's Sunday. And, and of course, to always allocate time to your personal things or, or because otherwise it becomes toxic. But, but it's not easy, at least for me. I, if it's Friday night and I have the perfect plan to go to have dinner with my wife and the other day we will go all together with my family to the mountain or to the lake. And if there's any problem I had in the, the last hour of that Friday, it might probably affect me and, and, I, and I will try to, to solve the problem as far as I can. And, and, I, and I reckon and I am aware that that's not the best way. You always need to work that out. I read something in the past that was like the owner of a company in England. He, someone rang him Friday 5 p.m. and said, look, there's a, the factory is under a big fire. We are losing everything we have. And, and this English man said to him, oh, I can't believe it. Monday morning will be a terrible morning for me. <laughs> so the weekend is sacred for yeah. him. He's, but, but in my case, I, I, I take business with me all the time. Maybe it's because my company is very small and, and, and I need to look after it very well. But yeah, I, I, I would advise everyone, have your own time. Don't work a lot. or But, but I do work a lot. 50% because I really enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, 50% is because uh, I I feel that I still need to look after it very well. Yeah, there's some people, there's some uh, people who believe you need to align your work and your personal life. So it's the same thing. So that is your lifestyle. If work is part of your lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, that sounds kind of a little like what you've, you do. There are many things that are amazing in life, more than work, but well, New Zealand has its own culture of lifestyle, which I really, really uh, respect and yeah. like, and, and I would like to be like most of that people, but you also need to understand that your culture might be different. My my grandparents uh, came, came from, my great-great-parents came from Italy uh, after a war with nothing, and they used to work like a lot because you are always, you always have the fear that, that can happen again, so you need to save and save and save just in case. So that is part of a culture that is, is, is in your blood. You just can't say, okay, I will work 20, 25 hours because <laughs> I am in New Zealand and, and I know that that is enough. Yeah. I work much more than, than that. And I admire the New Zealand way of life. The weekends are very important to get out and enjoy. Yeah. Outdoor living, it's amazing. They, yeah. they have a good way of life and a very good attitude towards things. You know, like in the building industry, sometimes catastrophic things happen. and It's a very dangerous place and really important things might fall apart. And the attitude is, okay, let's not overreact. We'll take care of it. Nobody gets too excited, too stressed. Yeah. And they deal with it. I really like that way. Yeah, yeah there is, man. There's a lot we can learn from that. You talk about your history and your past. You come, your family comes from Italy. Um, do you believe that your past sort of defines who you are now and it also defines your future? It's part of who you are? In some way, yes. Our cultures are, uh, uh, the family is at, at, the, at the very top of everything. And, and even when, when, when in my business, I, I allocate a lot of time and uh, I put a lot of my energy there, the, the wellness of my family comes first. And if I find, for example, that I would be succeeding here and I would be doing great business, but, but my wife or my daughters 
were not uh, being settling in right, I, I would uh, consider change or, or, to, or to move to the place where they will be better. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, we are already happy with this country and and we, we all settled very well. But yeah, my culture, family is super important. And for me, family is my wife and my, my two daughters, even when I have mother, father. I, I look after my, my family and we, and we are a great team. And I want to talk about Italian culture because a few years ago we visited uh, Rome and, and the architecture and the history is just amazing. It's hard to even believe, you know, when you see buildings like the Colosseum and there was almost a city that was completely made out of marble. Yeah. Back in a time when they didn't have anything, they didn't even have roads at one stage, you know. Um, and that has been a part of the Italian culture. And right through to today, you think of the best fashion brands in the world are Italian. The best sports cars are Italian. And when you think of marble, you think Italian quality is always associated with Italy for some reason. And it's a small country. Yeah. But that's part of the identity of Italy. Yeah. Do you think some of that in some way gets carried through generations to to you and your mindset? When you look at Modulo, uh, one thing that's definitely important for you is quality. Using quality materials, getting a quality finish. Um, I looked through some of your plans and the joinery inside where everything is flush and it has to line up and there's like a millimeter clearance in certain <laughs> places. But, but, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I, it is... Um... In, in, in my country, I've I been to Italy and I was about to mention that when I went to the Coliseum, uh, what, what it takes my attention was that they, they explained to me that Italians, but at that time, like 2,000 years ago, used the, 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 the underfloor heating to heat the, the buildings. And, and now it's proved that underfloor heating is, is the best way of heating a house. So that's it rises. Yeah, all yeah. right. Uh, heat goes from, from, from the bottom to the, to the top. And, and by heating the water, you, you don't. The sensation that you have in a house that has underfloor heating is the best you can have. So they were definitely smart. And, and my country was made of that. Like 70 years ago, Argentina was full of Italian and Spanish people with the hunger that I do think that we do have now here in New Zealand. People who came there from, from Europe and, and to start a new life and, and with, with a lot of uh, hunger and, and want uh, the, the, the sensation of trying to overcome. The, the war and all that, and, and they created something amazing. Argentina was a, a great country like 50 years ago. Now, unfortunately, it's, it's not so going so well, the economy and the politics and all that, but but there's there a, a part, important part of the population that they care about what they do, even if you're a professional or if you're a manufacturer or, or craft people, they, they do care about the product. And yeah, I think that is... Yeah, I've visited Argentina a few times. Um... It's an amazing place to visit. I love the culture. Um, also felt very warm welcome in Argentina and a strong sense of culture. Um, but uh, I also love architecture and stuff. And what's amazing in, like, say, Buenos Aires, for example, you've got little reminders of the past where you have these amazing buildings that are top level, marble, extreme quality. And the next building beside is uh, run down it's uh, not maintained and it yeah <laughs> and argentina has a bit of that everything balanced together i guess yeah yeah i understand what you mean yeah. um, i think it's part of of that country that imperfect culture that yeah. maybe you can find something that was incredibly well achieved and then you say i will have it here and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think the government uh, allowed for for this to be here and i said we really don't know, but yeah, it's yeah. here. <laughs> uh, but I feel yeah. what you're saying about Argentinians having pride. They've, I see, like I, I always think of tradesmen and craftsmen uh, and women. Um, but like leather is an industry; they do everything really well with yeah. leather, yeah. Um, with meats, with animals, with farming. All those things are things people Argentinians are proud of. And the asado is is like the best barbecue food you can get <laughs> anywhere. The Argentine barbecue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Is that yeah. something you miss in uh, that food culture that uh, you had in Argentina? Do you, do you miss that here? Oh, yeah, I, I miss many things. Um, I eat, I, I like asado. And, and even when you see asado, the, the sensation of, 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 at least I, I don't have it here, like the group of friends I used to, to have when I lived there because I've been in Argentina for 40 years. So I had many friends. I, I do have some, some good friends, but 
to 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 stay all together and and to uh, meet for a Ashtar barbecue or for an asado. Uh, an asado might starts at if if you're gonna have lunch, you will meet at 9 a.m. A lunch will finish at 4 p.m. <laughs> and, and you've been like eight hours eating, and and you say, but that is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But in the meantime, we we had great time, and yeah, that that is very very Argentinian. We, we are like very warm in that way. And yeah, I I I do miss that even when I have a great time here. Because I suppose it's another example of a trade off. There's always a trade off. Of course, you sacrifice something to get something else. Yeah, it's just like that. Oh, that's awesome. That's been a great interview. Um. If we were to sit down again and do a podcast in five years, where would you be? Where would Modulo be? Well, I plan to stay in New Zealand in the next... Uh, to be honest, I, I plan to live here forever. I really love this country. But I have the dream to grow my company in a way that Modulo can build uh, houses not only here in, in Cromwell for, for this amazing but compact market, but always in the North Island. So. I will be looking after having the possibility to, to build up a warehouse via partnership or via ourselves there. And, and I also would like to have the chance to to operate in the Australian market. There was a chance. Uh, I think those two countries are these two countries are pretty similar. And I have the passion and now we are in the, the early stage of the business plan and everything is under the test. But my dream is to, to build houses. I, I really like that. Um, and I enjoy that. Uh, my, my, my goal is to do that, to, to have more opportunities to build more houses. If then we, we find that it's not possible or feasible or, or profitable to operate different uh, locations, well, I, I will be looking after doing what I'm doing in Queenstown, but for, for to attend more, more markets or to, to build more houses per year. And we are trying to communicate that we can build almost anything. So when you when you have your workshop or, or warehouse or factory or yard or whatever you want to call it, uh, you can build part of the project there and part of the project on site. So if you have a, a good project management, then you, you can deal with any project. So as you know, because you are a very experienced builder and, and you have your own business, you know that this area needs a lot of houses and infrastructure. Um, I, I want to, to, to take the challenge to be able to build more and more. Yeah. That, that's what I, I want to do. I, I, I really, and, and build more and more is not like if someone brings me and say, look, I want a hundred houses, uh, that they need to meet the minimum standards. I, I would probably say no to that. It's like more and more projects like what we are building that we like the project that we build, that they, they, they comply with our values. But 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 my dream is to to, to be able to communicate that and, and, and to receive even more inquiries every time and and, and build a, a growing team with, with more project management managers, more architects, more builders and to to have to have the ability to to grow now we are here if we can grow the business from here then we will be able to understand if there are any chance to to do the same in, a, in other parts of the country yeah. uh, when i receive inquiries from the north island i say yeah i can price them that's not a problem but for now if you want to go 100% modular so if the project is built off site there are some limitations some restrictions because of, of the nature of this country that you build in the South Island, you need to track a, a house, and then you need to ship a house, and then you need to track it again. Uh, it might become expensive. So that, that is where I think that we might need to look up doing the same in the North Island. But in reality, my my, my ethos is to, to grow the company in, in some way. Yeah. If Queensland is okay, great. Yeah. If, if we need to split and say, okay, half of, of the company will be here, and the other half in, in the North Island, yeah. and, and then explore any overseas market, it's also okay. I, I like to dream of that. And, and then you, you adjust your odds. You, if you can, you do it. If you can't, okay, let's do something else, but to be like filled or fulfilled, but you are doing your best, the best you can. Always open-minded to opportunities. Yeah. yeah. But that's because I, I, I heavily support what we are doing. I say, 
to the market. I am screaming to the market, look, we are doing something that is awesome. Come and buy it. Yeah. Because I believe in, in what we are doing. Uh, in turn, if someone comes and says, Mariano, uh, I, I want to be, as I said, this is an amazing project for you. You will end up making a lot of money, but you have to build this amount of houses in a reduced time with the budget, budget, and for that we need to use the cheapest materials in the market because this is for whatever. Okay, maybe it's not for us. Maybe you can. Yeah, awesome. I respect that. And there was great insight into how Mariano runs his business. Uh, thanks again, Mariano, and wishing you continued success. Um, that's me signing out. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry.